once again to the Apartment Podcast, the podcast in which we an entire pig, piece by piece, for your listening pleasure. I'm James Lardy, and as always, I'm joined by Chief Taste Tester Sam. Sam, shikamul! Ooh, where's that from? It's, it's Swahili. Ooh, lovely. Thank you very much. We are hurtling towards the end of the Apocalypse podcast. Thank our, God. Our pig, Bebop, when he first arrived, weighed in at 100 kilos. And if you look in our freezer right now, how much would you say is left, Sam? Well, we haven't eaten any since we did the last episode. No. <laughs> Still 5 to 10 kilos left, I'm afraid. But lockdown is lifting gradually. We're determined that we will finish Bebop. In time for our freedom. Yeah. Wonderful. So let's not be around the bush. It's a big episode this week. Why? Well, because this week we're talking about Bebop's legs. And there's loads of it. Indeed. So picture in your mind a pig. His little snout, his curly tail, his fat belly. And then just consider how much of that beast is made up of legs. Mm. You know Um, what I mean? I'm considering. Yeah. So it was about 100 kilos when he arrived. And the proportion of total weight of leg meat was like, what would you say? Like 30 to 40% of it, do you think? Like like a third of the pig, at least. Yeah, but, but we're not talking... You're talking about his whole leg, right? From his trotter all the way up to, like, his hips. Yes. Okay, well, they're huge then, aren't they? Especially the back legs. Yeah. So this is a challenge we've been chipping away at, a pound of flesh at a time, for about nine months now. And in this episode, we're finally ready to share with you our learnings about the joys of pork leg meat. Why did you... Uh go imperial when we've been uh, metric the whole time a pound of flesh yeah is shakespeare quote isn't it merchant of venice oh i don't know i've not got to that chapter yet in my shakespeare book all right well you know now we know (laughs) now before we get into this don't forget if you have any thoughts on pork then just give us a shout on facebook twitter and instagram by searching for the apocalypse podcast or head on over to apocalypsepodcast.com does anybody ever get in touch james once in a while, I get some hate from vegans and stuff like that. It's good fun. Okay, sorry. Look, this is a big episode and I'll keep and distracting some people you. say, you know, yay, I like your recipe. Oh, nice. Yeah. Curiously, the amount of likes that we get on Facebook does not equal the amount of listens that we get. <laughs> so I don't quite know what it is people are. That's our friends on Facebook pretending they've listened to it and yeah. just being like, oh, hey, yeah, we like this, but we haven't got around to listening to it yet. Write to us and tell us why you don't listen, but you comment on podcasts. <laughs> I'd love to know. So 30 kilos of leg meat, that's 30% of the pig. Let's talk about the science behind them. Let's. There are literally dozens of muscles involved in the legs. You've got the biceps femoris, the triceps brachii. They're the big ones, and they make up the bulk of the meat near the top of the legs, where it's at the widest point. Uh, Quite often you will see that section sold as a sort of single piece of meat called blade in the UK, or it's a picnic ham in the US. Is it like a thigh? Yes, that's on the rear legs. Uh-huh. And then on the front legs and the hind legs, uh, they would just be sold as the leg or ham. Now, towards the lower end of the front legs, you have a section that the butchers call the hand, which uh, muscles-wise is the subclavius and the suspresnatus. Uh, they <laughs> are altogether much tougher cuts than the blade and ham sections, and, and invariably they're sold separately as they need to be cooked quite differently. Further down the leg towards the trotters, you've got what's known as the hocks. That's where you start to get lots of smaller muscles, like the gastrocnemius and the deltoidus. Then at the very end of the legs, you've got the trotters, which we talked about in episode 13. I think yeah. it's 13. The front legs are kind of different to the hind legs. In the, in the way that the muscles are structured, and they're generally a bit smaller. But the point is, is that all those muscles are in place 
for one function only, which is walking. And there's no part of a pig that gets more work than its legs, which makes sense if you think about it. But of course, more exercise means tougher meat, and all those different muscles need to be cooked differently for maximum tenderness and flavour. We're not the only country to eat pork leg, are we, Sam? Of course not. Well, after Science Corner, now for Geography Corner. <laughs> Legs are eaten everywhere. Everywhere they eat some pork. In Spain, they cure legs in caves to make into delicious, delicious ham. Like, obviously, you have that in tapas and pinchos and all different things like that. In Italy, they also do, like, a similar sort of thing called prosciutto, the most famous of which is Parma ham from Parma. Okay, right, so it's like a BDO. Yeah. Um, protected designation of origin so you can only make this in a particular thing in this particular area yeah there's like 15 countries which have got pdos for just making ham alone some examples of those great pdos in the uk there's wiltshire cure ham and york ham you ever had those yes definitely have you not don't know i think isn't york ham the one with the sort of breadcrumb around the edge never really like paid attention to it before we started doing the podcast really different hams mm. okay let's check out some pdo hams uh, germany has got schwarzwalder which is black forest ham did you like my german accent there? loved it america has got something called smithfield hams uh-huh. and china has four which i cannot pronounce great so elsewhere leg meat can be and very often is very lean meat you'll see it in supermarkets diced and you can use it in stews and stir fries as a sort of healthier cut of pork there is this huge fat cap on the outside of a pig leg, and obviously fat means flavour, but you can quite easily cut that off and it will be relatively lean. So if you buy large chunks of leg, it will always have that fat layer on, and with that you get all the moisture and extra flavour that it brings. My recommendation is that if you're doing it in, in large amounts, is keep the fat on. Always. The upper part of the leg, the blade or the ham, or the stuff you see just sold as a leg, that is kind of a workhorse cut pork if that makes sense you basically use it when you need a lump of protein because you know it's easy to cook and with a decent sauce it can be a vehicle for sort of lots of other exciting flavors uh, further down the leg those small muscles they need a lot more prep and cooking time and so therefore they tend to be less popular but arguably tastier as we'll discuss when we talk through the 20 yes 20 dishes that we cooked using bebop's legs i'm not sure everyone wants to hear 20 recipes so the 30 kilos of meat that we're going to talk about here will take me hours, if not days, to type up all these recipes for our website. That's your least favourite bit. Which is apocalypsepodcast.com. And don't forget to check out on... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but of course, regular listeners of the Apocalypse Podcast will know we've already covered quite a bit of leg meat already. Who can forget the hurricane of excitement that was episode four when we salt baked an entire pork leg? Oh, that was when we came out of lockdown one. Oh, oh good days. Then, of course, there was the chump episode, episode nine, and the chump is the very top part of the hind legs. And then just a couple of episodes ago, episode 13, we ate the trotters. So already that covers nine of the 20 recipes that we have done. Thank God. So you don't need to freak out or anything. I'm not going to do 20 episodes, so, 20, 20 recipes in this episode. But, you know, we do recommend you go back and check out all of those episodes. Listen yes. to them again, just to remind yourself. Yeah, relive the magic. Now, also we use some of it to make the pork pies that we talked about in episode 13. So we don't need to go into that. So that leaves us with six recipes to talk about this time, which feels much more doable. 
Sam, because there are so many recipes that we're doing here, let's score them as we go along. I think that'll be more fun. Okay, I'll have to cast my mind back quite a bit. Good. So first up, May the 5th last year, uh, you will remember, of course, that we had a pork and prawn chilli garlic stir-fry with udon noodles. Yes, I remember very clearly. <laughs> Um, I, I, where did you get the sachet from? You got a sachet from something, somewhere. Did I? Yes. I even remember the look of the sachet. It was sort of turquoise blue. I might have bought it in, oh, a spot of like panic buying. Because um, it was COVID. Yeah, I think I might have like bought a few different things thinking like, oh, well, we might not be able to get fresh food, but if I've got sauces in the house. We are, we are not a sachet people. This is why this has become a topic of conversation. Because we very, very rarely buy yeah, but maybe pre-made I'm, sauces. I think I would have bought it thinking, mm, what if Ty Smile, the very awesome Asian supermarket on the corner of our road, mm. is sharp due to COVID? I'm going to need Asian flavours. Where will I get my sauces? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where will I get actual chilli garlic from? As for the dish itself, and my notes at the time say, for the stir-fry, it worked well as a solid protein performer. Stayed moist, meat flavour, cut through the sauce, could handle more pungent sauces. Sure, that sounds like pretty good weekday meal, doesn't it? Six? Six yeah. out of ten. I think the, the main thing is, is it wasn't especially memorable. Well, not if we talk more about the turquoise sachet than we do about no. the meal. Well, the fact that I've written down a score of five out of ten suggests that it, it didn't make much of an impression either way. It can't be that good, but it can't have been that bad. Sure. 14th of July, we had an apricot pork and sweet potato tagine recipe that came from taste.com.au garlic ginger tomatoes coriander all thrown in a big pan and simmered for an hour my notes from the time say tasty fresh apricots work well but pork leg a little tough and dry should perhaps have cut into smaller pieces not a failure but not a raging success either wow <laughs> we're not really uh... damning with fake praise yeah indeed the poor leg i've gone five out of ten again so you know quite average I actually do remember this tagine and I remember really enjoying the sweet potatoes and the apricots um, and being a bit disappointed in the pork. So what would score would you give it? Well, I'm going to give the pork four and the apricots and the rest of the tagine gets seven. Brutal on the pork, but, you know, yeah, I remember. on the rest. Yeah, I think it was, it was really nice what you made, but actually we didn't cook the pork very well that time. Then September 16th, we had one of the hocks, which we used to make pea and ham soup, and then a couple of days later... Egg, ham and chips. Ham, uh, egg and chips. Why would I say in that order? Ham, egg and chips. Your favourite. Yeah, I do enjoy ham, egg and chips. It's, it is one of my favourites. recipe came from the ginger pig, uh, cured for several days in salt, sugar and spices and then slow cooked. My notes say faultless. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, it was good. It sounds it, like you were really impressed with yourself there. I was. I was, <laughs> I was 9 out of 10 impressed. That's why I put in my notes. 9 out of 10. Um, I think it's one of the better hams that we have made. I think I'm going to agree with an 8 out of 10. And it was a great soup as well. 6th of November, we ate a hock. German style, braised in beer with lots of apples, potatoes and caraway. I have absolutely no notes on this, but I do remember it being a really lavish midweek meal. Well, I think that because we had maybe like had it in two big bits before and dried it a bit, we tried really hard to make sure that this was like braised nice and slowly and was really liquidy. Yeah. So I think I remember it a bit because we don't really use our caraway seeds in very much. No. So it was a bit unusual flavour for us. No, no, it was very German. And I liked that it was pretty sort of low fuss and lots of flavour. Mm. I would definitely do that again. Nice lavish midweek meal. If they had hocks in Sainsbury's, I would totally just... 
slap one in the oven on Tuesday. Yeah, I think we've had um, good hock success. I'm going 8 out of 10. Yes, I will agree. 30th of November, we had a straight up Sunday leg roast joint with all the trimmings. Curiously, this joint did not have any fat on it. So we added a spare sheet of skin that we had lying around. Because we just have spare sheets of pig skin lying around the freezer. Yeah, and that gave us a little crackling and the moisture. And it was great, simply seasoned. Probably the best roast joint we've done, actually. And the leftovers made for a very good stir fry. Yep, I'm going to give it 9 out of 10. I'm going 7. I love a roast dinner. Well, I know. It felt like we were doing like using up some of the skin too, so I liked it so the skin wasn't going to waste. Then, throughout the whole of the rest of November and into December, we used one of the hands to make our Christmas ham. Again, this is a ginger pig recipe, and I don't entirely know what went wrong here because it was exactly the same recipe that we did for the chump ham back in episode 9. The only difference was that it was three times bigger. And for whatever reason, the final product that we ate on Boxing Day was insanely salty. And let's remember, this is the Christmas 2020 when we thought we were going to be sharing... Um, this giant Boxing Day ham with a family, but turned out that we were just on our own. Yeah. So it was quite an intimidating amount of ham to have, as well as a ridiculously salty. I considered afterwards that maybe we should have boiled it before roasting, which is a thing that gets done with hams. But my point is that the ginger pig recipe didn't tell me to boil it. If I was to do it again, I would boil it. You're such a slave to the recipe. I am. <laughs> I am going to give this six out of ten. I think I'm going to have to give it five because whilst like it had a great texture and it was enjoyable maybe the first time, it was just too salty to be able to enjoy properly. Sam, if you had 30 kilos of pork leg again, what would you do differently? Is it all frozen already? No, but there is space in your freezer to freeze it. Excellent. Well, I think I would cut it all up smaller yeah. um, and cut it into small bits. We had some good experiences cooking it as a whole piece but I really think that it came into its own a little bit more when we were able to cut it into smaller bits and use it in different recipes. Wonderful would you recommend 30 kilos of pork leg to a friend? I mean I think I would recommend pork legs yes, yes. but maybe not 30 kilos. Okay less less in volume. Yeah I think of all of the different leg recipes we've done now the salt baked leg has been like by far and away the most successful. Yeah that was delicious. There is one other recipe I haven't mentioned, which of course is Marmite pork. Sam, where did we eat Marmite pork? Oh, did we have Bebop for this? We had Marmite pork in Malaysia. It's delicious. I love Marmite anyway, but it's deep fried battered chunks of pork leg drenched in a thick sweet Marmite based sauce. I mean, who wouldn't like Marmite and deep fried in the same sentence? I'm not actually a huge Marmite fan, but when you start throwing all of the sugar and stuff in there, I think it makes it really bearable yeah it was amazing well we had it in malaysia and then like got to recreate it when we were at home delicious did we have that did bebop no well we didn't actually so this is why it probably shouldn't be in the podcast <gasps> are you cheating such a good recipe yeah this is like literally in the weeks before bebop came i went down to Wyndham's butcher in chiswick it was so good and probably the best bit of pork leg i've eaten in recent memory and for that reason i'm going to add it to the website that's so controversial. It is. You're such a pedant on everything else. <laughs> but I feel that like the people at home, if they've got loads of pork leg, they should know that this is the recipe to experience. But I can't be- why did we even have to tell everyone that it wasn't from Bebop? Well, I've done it now. It's too late. You're a purist. <laughs>
which brings us to the end of what is without doubt the longest episode of the podcast yet. Well done if you've made it this far. Don't forget to hit subscribe to make sure you don't miss out on our new episodes. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can get in touch, find recipes and more episodes at thegoodspodcast.com. Join us next time where we'll be chowing down on yet more pork. See you then. Bye!